Chapter 47 of Astoria, or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains, by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Ben Jones and a Grizzly Bear, Rocky Heights, Mountain Torrents, Traces of McClellan, Volcanic Remains, Mineral Earths, Peculiar Clay for Pottery, Dismal Plight of McClellan, Starvation, Shocking Proposition of a Desperate Man, a broken-down bull, a ravenous meal, Indian graves, hospitable snakes, a forlorn alliance. As the travelers were now in a dangerous neighborhood, where the report of a rifle might bring the savages upon them, they had to depend upon their old beaver trap for subsistence. The little river on which they were encamped gave many beaver signs, and Ben Jones set off at daybreak along the willowed banks to find a proper trapping place as he was making his way among the thickets with his trap on his shoulder and his rifle in his hand he heard a crushing sound and turning beheld a huge grizzly bear advancing upon him with terrific growl the sturdy kentuckian was not to be intimidated by man or monster leveling his rifle he pulled the trigger the bear was wounded but not mortally instead however of rushing upon his assailant as is generally the case with this kind of bear he retreated into the bushes jones followed him for some distance but with suitable caution and bruin effected his escape as there was every prospect of a detention of some days in this place and as the supplies of the beaver trap were too precarious to be depended upon it became absolutely necessary to run some risk of discovery by hunting in the neighborhood ben jones therefore obtained permission to range with his rifle some distance from the camp and set off to beat up the river banks in defiance of bear or blackfeet he returned in great spirits in the course of a few hours having come upon a gang of elk about six miles off and killed five this was joyful news and the party immediately moved forward to the place where he had left the carcasses they were obliged to support mr crooks the whole distance for he was unable to walk here they remained for two or three days feasting heartily on elk meat and drying as much as they would be able to carry away with them by the fifth of october some simple prescriptions together with an indian sweat had so far benefited mr crooks that he was unable to move about they therefore set forward slowly dividing his pack and accoutrements among them and made a creeping day's progress of eight miles south their route for the most part lay through swamps caused by the industrious labors of the beaver for this little animal had dammed up numerous small streams issuing from the pilot knob mountains so that the low grounds on their borders were completely inundated in the course of their march they killed a grizzly bear with fat on its flanks upwards of three inches in thickness this was an acceptable addition to their stock of elk meat the next day mr crooks was sufficiently recruited in strength to be able to carry his rifle and pistols and they made a march of seventeen miles along the borders of the plain their journey daily became more toilsome and their sufferings more severe as they advanced keeping up the channel of a river they traversed the rugged summit of the pilot knob mountain covered with snow nine inches deep for several days they continued 
bending their course as much as possible to the east over a succession of rocky heights deep valleys and rapid streams sometimes their dizzy path lay along the margin of perpendicular precipices several hundred feet in height where a single false step might precipitate them into the rocky bed of a torrent which roared below not the least of their weary task was the fording of the numerous windings and branchings of the mountain rivers all boisterous in their currents and icy cold hunger was added to their other sufferings and soon became the keenest the small supply of bear and elk meat which they had been able to carry in addition to their previous burdens served but for a short time in their anxiety to struggle forward they had but little time to hunt and scarce any game in their path for three days they had nothing to eat but a small duck and a few poor trout they occasionally saw numbers of the antelopes and tried every art to get within shot but the timid animals were more than commonly wild and after tantalizing the hungry hunters for a time bounded away beyond all chance of pursuit at length they were fortunate enough to kill one it was extremely meagre and yielded but a scanty supply but on this they subsisted for several days on the eleventh they encamped on a small stream near the foot of the spanish river mountain here they met with traces of that wayward and solitary being mcclellan who was still keeping on ahead of them through these lonely mountains he had encamped the night before on this stream they found the embers of the fire by which he had slept and the remains of a miserable wolf on which he had supped it was evident he had suffered like themselves the pangs of hunger though he had fared better at this encampment for they had not a mouthful to eat the next day they rose hungry and alert and set out with the dawn to climb the mountain which was steep and difficult traces of volcanic eruptions were to be seen in various directions there was a species of clay also to be met with out of which the indians manufactured pots and jars and dishes it is very fine and light of an agreeable smell and of a brown color spotted with yellow and dissolves readily in the mouth vessels manufactured of it are said to impart a pleasant smell and flavor to any liquids these mountains abound also with mineral earths or chalks of various colors especially two kinds of ochre one a pale the other a bright red like vermilion much used by the indians in painting their bodies about noon the travellers reached the drains and brooks that formed the headwaters of the river and later in the day descended to where the main body a shallow stream about a hundred and sixty yards wide poured through its mountain valley here the poor famishing wanderers had expected to find buffalo in abundance and had fed their hungry hopes during their scrambling toil with the thoughts of roasted ribs juicy humps and broiled marrow-bones to their great disappointment the river banks were deserted a few old tracks showed where a herd of bulls had some time before passed along but not a horn nor hump was to be seen in the sterile landscape a few antelopes looked down upon them from the brow of a crag but flitted away out of sight at the least approach of the hunter 
in the most starving mood they kept for several miles further along the bank of the river seeking for beaver signs finding some they encamped in the vicinity and ben jones immediately proceeded to set the trap they had scarce come to a halt when they perceived a large smoke at some distance to the south-west the sight was hailed with joy for they trusted it might rise from some indian camp where they could procure something to eat and the dread of starvation had now overcome even the terror of the blackfeet leclerc one of the canadians was instantly dispatched by mr stewart to reconnoitre and the travellers sat up till a late hour watching and listening for his return hoping he might bring them food midnight arrived but leclerc did not make his appearance and they laid down once more supperless to sleep comforting themselves with the hopes that their old beaver trap might furnish them with a breakfast at daybreak they hastened with famished eagerness to the trap they found in it the forepaw of a beaver the sight of which tantalized their hunger and added to their dejection they resumed their journey with flagging spirits but had not gone far when they perceived leclerc approaching at a distance they hastened to meet him in hopes of tidings of good cheer he had none to give them but news of that strange wanderer mcclellan the smoke had risen from his encampment which took fire while he was at a little distance from it fishing leclerc found him in forlorn condition his fishing had been unsuccessful during twelve days that he had been wandering alone through these savage mountains he had found scarce anything to eat he had been ill wayworn sick at heart still he had kept forward but now his strength and his stubbornness were exhausted he expressed his satisfaction at hearing that mr stewart and his party were near and said he would wait at his camp for their arrival in hopes they would give him something to eat for without food he declared he should not be able to proceed much further when the party reached the place they found the poor fellow lying on a parcel of withered grass wasted to a perfect skeleton and so feeble that he could scarce raise his head or speak the presence of his old comrades seemed to revive him but they had no food to give him for they themselves were almost starving they urged him to rise and accompany them but he shook his head it was all in vain he said there was no prospect of their getting speedy relief and without it he should perish by the way he might as well therefore stay and die where he was at length after much persuasion they got him upon his legs his rifle and other effects were shared among them and he was cheered and aided forward in this way they proceeded for seventeen miles over a level plain of sand until seeing a few antelopes in the distance they encamped on the margin of a small stream all now that were capable of the exertion turned out to hunt for a meal their efforts were fruitless and after dark they returned to their camp famished almost to desperation as they were preparing for the third time to lay down to sleep without a mouthful to eat leclerc one of the canadians gaunt and wild with hunger approached mr stewart with his gun in his hand it was all in vain he said to attempt to proceed any further without food they had a barren plain before them three or four days journey in extent 
on which nothing was to be procured they must all perish before they could get to the end of it it was better therefore that one should die to save the rest he proposed therefore that they should cast lots adding as an inducement for mr stuart to assent to the proposition that he as leader of the party should be exempted mr stuart shuddered at the horrible proposition and endeavoured to reason with the man but his words were unavailing at length snatching up his rifle he threatened to shoot him on the spot if he persisted the famished wretch dropped on his knees begged pardon in the most abject terms and promised never again to offend him with such a suggestion quiet being restored to the forlorn encampment each one sought repose mr stuart however was so exhausted by the agitation of the past scene acting upon his emaciated frame that he could scarce crawl to his miserable couch where notwithstanding his fatigues he passed a sleepless night revolving upon their dreary situation and the desperate prospect before them before daylight the next morning they were up and on their way they had nothing to detain them no breakfast to prepare and to linger was to perish they proceeded however but slowly for all were faint and weak here and there they passed the skulls and bones of buffaloes which showed that these animals must have been hunted here during the past season the sight of these bones served only to mock their misery after travelling about nine miles along the plain they ascended a range of hills and had scarcely gone two miles further when to their great joy they discovered an old run-down buffalo bull the laggard probably of some herd that had been hunted and harassed through the mountains they now all stretched themselves out to encompass and make sure of this solitary animal for their lives depended upon their success after considerable trouble and infinite anxiety they at length succeeded in killing him he was instantly flayed and cut up and so ravenous was their hunger that they devoured some of the flesh raw the residue they carried to a brook near by where they encamped lit a fire and began to cook mr stuart was fearful that in their famished state they would eat to excess and injure themselves he caused a soup to be made of some of the meat and that each should take a quantity of it as a prelude to his supper this may have had a beneficial effect for though they sat up the greater part of the night cooking and cramming no one suffered any inconvenience the next morning the feasting was resumed and about midday feeling somewhat recruited and refreshed they set out on their journey with renovated spirits shaping their course towards a mountain the summit of which they saw towering in the east and near to which they expected to find the headwaters of the missouri as they proceeded they continued to see the skeletons of buffaloes scattered about the plain in every direction which showed that there had been much hunting here by the indians in the recent season further on they crossed a large indian trail forming a deep path about fifteen days old which went in a north direction they concluded it to have been made by some numerous band of crows who had hunted in this country for the greater part of the summer 
on the following day they forded a stream of considerable magnitude with banks clothed with pine trees among these they found the traces of a large indian camp which had evidently been the headquarters of a hunting expedition from the great quantities of buffalo bones strewed about the neighbourhood the camp had apparently been abandoned about a month in the centre was a singular lodge one hundred and fifty feet in circumference supported by the trunks of twenty trees about twelve inches in diameter and forty-four feet long across these were laid branches of pine and willow trees so as to yield a tolerable shade at the west end immediately opposite to the door three bodies lay interred with their feet towards the east at the head of each was a branch of red cedar firmly planted in the ground at the foot was a large buffalo's skull painted black savage ornaments were suspended in various parts of the edifice and a great number of children's moccasins from the magnitude of this building and the time and labor that must have been expended in erecting it the bodies which it contained were probably those of noted warriors and hunters the next day october seventeenth they passed two large tributary streams of the spanish river they took their rise in the wind river mountains which ranged along to the east stupendously high and rugged composed of vast masses of black rock almost destitute of wood and covered in many places with snow this day they saw a few buffalo bulls and some antelopes but could not kill any and their stock of provisions began to grow scanty as well as poor on the eighteenth after crossing a mountain ridge and traversing a plain they waded one of the branches of spanish river and on ascending its bank met with about a hundred and thirty snake indians they were friendly in their demeanor and conducted them to their encampment which was about three miles distant it consisted of about forty wigwams constructed principally of pine branches the snakes like most of their nation were very poor the marauding crows in their late excursion through the country had picked this unlucky band to the very bone carrying off their horses several of their squaws and most of their effects in spite of their poverty they were hospitable in the extreme and made the hungry strangers welcome to their cabins a few trinkets procured from them a supply of buffalo meat and of leather for moccasins of which the party were greatly in need the most valuable prize obtained from them however was a horse it was a sorry old animal in truth but it was the only one that remained to the poor fellows after the fell swoop of the crows yet this they were prevailed upon to part with to their guests for a pistol an axe a knife and a few other trifling articles they had doleful stories to tell of the crows who were encamped on a river at no great distance to the east and were in such force that they dared not venture to seek any satisfaction for their outrages or to get back a horse or squaw they endeavored to excite the indignation of their visitors by accounts of robberies and murders committed on lonely white hunters and trappers by crows and blackfeet some of these were exaggerations of the outrages already mentioned sustained by some of the scattered members of mr hunt's expedition others were in all probability sheer 
fabrications to which the snakes seemed to have been a little prone mr stewart assured them that the day was not far distant when the whites would make their power to be felt throughout that country and take signal vengeance on the perpetrators of these misdeeds the snakes expressed great joy at the intelligence and offered their services to aid the righteous cause brightening at the thoughts of taking the field with such potent allies and doubtless anticipating their turn at stealing horses and abducting squaws their offers of course were accepted the calumet of peace was produced and the two forlorn powers smoked eternal friendship between themselves and vengeance upon their common spoilers the crows End of chapter forty seven